Pinky, and this is a hairy hum companion. I'm her suit, cute, and incredibly stoned. Each episode, I try my damnedest to host a nice little comedy talk show while more high than a castrati's pitch. Ah, a night at the pot pra culture. Depending on the weed and the mood, I can do each segment no problem. Other times, I won't be able to make it through, and who knows how to how it'll end up or where I'll go. That's why we start off each show with retractions and corrections, where I correct mistakes, answer questions brought up in the previous episode, or tell you what I was trying to say in last week's episode, but was too high to get through to. This week's retractions and corrections, uh, I had one of the most bonkers weeks of my life. Not like the ultimate, but I'm like, ah, yes. This will uh, come up in recurring nightmares and bad feelings of foreboding that just overcome you sometimes when your body's keeping the score. And I'm like, well, bonkers week. Well, why not perpetuate the cycle of abuse and still do the show? And, you know, make you feel my pain by making your night a little bit more bonkers and torturous by doing the show so i was like well then i'll just do the two attractions and corrections that really matter and then you know throw in a few more things there and then it's a show on on the radio on the internet radio they would never let this fly anywhere you could make real money they would be banned uh from all airwaves uh they wouldn't like it and so then that's why we're here on bff.fm with me and what me is gonna do is i'm gonna do the first retraction which is this i fucking killed henry kissinger because my joke for the introduction this week was originally going to be more melted than the hundred candles on Henry Kissinger's birthday cake this year. Why won't that motherfucker die, damn it? That's what I was going to say this week. But then I had to be offensive to the Castrati community. And, uh, I, instead, because ding dong, that dumb bitch is dead. Henry Kissy in the ground. We got him. And, you know... I think we figure out it takes up to three mentions on the show. Now known as a buried home companion, because we killed uh, Henry Kissinger and Cormac McCarthy and Jane Birkin. Oh God, who's next? Well, hopefully, I mean, I've been mentioning me more than three times. I could be next. You never know. Well, if I would like to, uh not die from, you know, a horrible disease like tuberculosis, uh, I can easily prevent it by listening to this retraction and correction. So, uh, this is either FCC or FDA approved advice. Well, I think the FDA would agree. I mean, I don't know whether they specifically, how they specifically feel about penny licks, because I'm pretty sure those were banned like, pretty much everywhere before there was an FDA. It was like, by the time there was an FDA, they are like, common sense. Penny licks. Sh- licking, uh, you know, ice cream out of a communally shared glass that is manufactured in a way where there will always be a little <laughs> a reservoir of, like, backwash germs hanging out in, in the cup. And uh, uh, lots of people sheet it. Lenny looks fabulous idea. Those were, like, England banned that in 1889. There was no FDA. So, uh, it was common knowledge by then. I, it was, like, one of those things where people were like, it can't be witchcraft causing tuberculosis because, like, I am nowhere near where, you know, pixies could shoot arrows at me. You know, the normal ways that diseases are s- spread. I haven't smelled 
anything bad. I was ho holding a scented handkerchief in front of my nose while I walked by a miasma and I'm there's no like it it caused disease so bad where people who were like yes we gotta balance the humors you gotta you know make yourself throw up and then put some leeches on yourself and you'll be good to go uh they were like i think germs i think i think we're gonna figure out germs because this is so buck wild well you know ban common knowledge we get it not good for you uh, you think they're uh, gone forever? No! It turns out, for the first time in my life, I've never been so damn right about anything, and there, there, there does need to be a war on Penny Lakes, and it is my calling. No! Wait! I gotta really use Henry Kissinger. Um, yeah, uh, I guess... The dip and dip and dots is short for diphtheria. Cause you're gonna get some dip and dotulism if you have a penny lick. They will make you sick. Penny lick sick. Easy to remember. You get it. You know, we're, we're gonna have a more rising of neoliberalism and Reaganomics. That's how good this war on penny licks will be because it is something that needs to be done. Because, according to our head honcho at BFF, Amanda, love you, uh, she saw a TikTok that said, Penny Licks are still alive and well in Gay Paris, where in a time-honored tradition, they still keep their sherbet in the sewer. And, uh, yeah, you gotta quit the lick. Just say cone, as Ro Ro Nancy Reagan would say. Uh, and uh, another thing she would say is, Welcome to hell, Henry Kissinger. And that's where they are. And I guess that's where I'm going to. But it's for a good cause. I will... I just, I just can't believe it. Humanity has a problem where they're like, I love penny licks and spreading germs in the middle. <laughs> Repulsive <laughs> oh, possible. Oh god. And um yeah, that was my most retract is important retraction and correction I'll ever have to do. Um I do have a purpose in this life, and this is to keep you monsters from being reprehensible. Um and then my next retraction and correction is because of this bonkers week, I did not get a chance to rewatch Puchinski. So, you know, good news if you didn't do the homework this week, you got till next week. And teacups will be edible. You can feel like Willy Wonka, you know, eating a teacup in in your garden. But you know, with, with more more ice cream cone type utensils to be introduced because you know you could post it with your body but I just I mean you're digesting it but yeah retractions and corrections uh, that I will read out loud exactly how they were written say Rex Harrison is short for erectile dysfunction uh-huh. How... Number four. And then... How many divorces slash marriages did Elizabeth Taylor had? Kelly Bag. Why is it called that? What was it called before? And before it's spelled with a letter B and a number four. Getting renamed. Who's saying everybody loves somebody? What conspiracy theory about time travel and boats? Who did the puppet for Puchinski? Peter Boyle's parents, num letter I. Coronet Proto Ice Cream. Did Charles Dickens have a Dickensian background? Is it good to eat your own germs? Why do you not want other people's germs? And that was, those were the retractions to the corrections I was supposed to do, but I did not get around to, but 
Um, I'm realizing that there are two retractions and corrections I could do right now real fast because there are just short answers I can look up. Just this retraction and correction that even though I'm in big ice cream cones pocket because of, you know, they're paying me off for the war on penny licks, uh, it's illegal in Alabama for a person to walk down the street with an ice cream cone in their back pocket and in Georgia specifically illegal on Sundays implying that it is legal every day but Sunday I really wonder what fucked up thing somebody did to get us to this point but whatever it is you know like just like tobacco we'll just Get lobbyists and get them to, you know, squish those laws around. Make it a little cozier for a big cone to, you know, perpetuate the war on penny leaks and criminalize the apparently innately human act. Like, it is ungovernable. Foucault is like, no, you can't name it, which cannot be named, but you will try and then... Look at you now. Now you got discourse on Twitter and shit. Bravo, everyone. But, you know, well, Hobby Lobby it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Because, like, you, you bastards need to stop <laughs> fucking licking ice cream cones. No, not licking ice cream cones. You, I want you to lick ice cream cones. No, you monsters cannot stop licking ice cream out of a communally shared, improperly constructed piece of glassware that just is a, 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 a petri dish. Uh, I think originally it was gelato, so they're like, oh, what's that? What's that disease you get from getting a penny lick? Gelatonsillitis? I don't know. It's real sick and nasty. Stop it, you little monsters. Uh, just say cone! Um, and yeah. Oh, speaking of lobbying for big cone, uh, here's some pro ice cream cone propaganda from me. You're coned to the pwned host Donna Arky here on a hairy cone companion. Ah, well, if you if you also like me being like, my God, ice cream cones, perfect object. You can eat food out of it, then eat it. It disappears, gone. Unlike those nasty little penny licks. I remember, and I was like, you know, like, why, why can't we have a ice cream cone industry where we monopolize and all the re- all the Dixie plates. And cups are all made out of ice cream cone materials that are completely edible. And you can pretend to be Willy Wonka eating his little, you know, teacup in in a a world of imagination every time. And we will have peace on earth and no more tuberculosis because it is a threat. Emerging from those Parisian catacomb creameries, those monsters. Anyways, um, uh, well, they're, I, while, while, you know, pontificating about the benefits and uh, healthy, hygienic nature of the ice cream cone and why we should just make forks out of it, I remembered that there has been a utensil like that at a point in time in history, meet the trencher, which is a type of tableware from medieval cuisine, which was just a round flat piece of stale bread that you would use as a plate. And um, you could either eat it, but a lot of the times they're just like, let's gather up these like large stale brown pieces of bread that are soaked with sauce and slobber and give them to the poor as alms and then it is essentially the prototype of our modern day cheese board our charcuterie board it started off 
being around stale piece of bread. But you know, as someone with celiac, I'm kind of like, I think I do prefer gluten-free glassware, you know, but that's why we'll have to really, you know, do some dirty business with these, co uh, the big cone lobbyists, you know, like, we gotta, we gotta suppress that information, suppress those studies. What are you talking about? Um, anyways, yeah, and that is the retractions and corrections. And, oh, so that, you know, we can give you these affective feelings of, you know, like, ah, belonging and continuity towards time and uh, brotherhood. Uh, let me continue, uh, as a spokesperson for Big Cone, continue in the traditions of the noble, our noble ancestor, the Trencher, and continue in the uh, tradition of distributing alms to the poor by doing our donation because it's extra important and we're doing another fundraiser that for some reason I cannot get anyone to donate to. Stop that. Donate to it. Uh, and you could go look at the that specific fundraiser at bff.fm slash 2023. Oh, Coney 2023, because I'm, you know, representative representative of Big Cone. I, I, I'm very lucky that I knew exactly how racist and imperialist that was when that happened. Because boy, I know a lot of people who you can tell they were real into it with how their politics are but anyways of the noble trencher here is uh the donation i am now reading from the script have you considered donating to bff.fm yet you should not only is this such a unique community radio station that reflects and respects the diversity of the bay area but it keeps weirdos like me occupied so we don't invent the most despotic government ever. Grand martial law. And if you try to protest it, they'll put you in a tea cozy after they kettle you. Who needs habeas corpus when you could play bingo with a babe known as Doris? It's a prune data, baby, and you can't stop it. You hit yourself down to BFF slash BFF.FM slash donate. Or if you want to, you know, two times is the charm. Just like Doris. Uh, you can go to BFF.FM slash 2023. Uh, and you can send a one time and or donation or and or set up a monthly recurring donation. It'd be our bestie with benefits. Just like Doris. And, um, on that note of very old people, I and my girlfriend very recently, uh, both realized that both of our dads are so old that they're literally too old to be boomers and that they are members of the, the silent generation. Uh, I mean, not technically not my dad because he's Iranian, but her dad is a white guy from America. He was definitely a member of the silent generation, but my dad is in this neck of the woods. I'm sure that, you know, I mean, that's like a, an American, I guess, Western, or is it a global thing? I guess first retraction, or one of many retractions and corrections for this episode, I don't remember, uh, but this makes things make too much sense, and I don't like it. It makes me feel real uncomfortable. And I had a hard time being like, wow, I'm having a lot of fun talking to this 80-year-old lady who I'm like, ah, parental figure, not senior citizen figure. And I'm like, that's not, that's not, that's not good. That's not, that's, that ain't right when you're 33 years old. Well, now everything makes sense. Well, there you go. Say the grapes of wrath here um but unlike the grapes of wrath i do take a bath also clearly i did not inherit 
anything from the silent generation. I was not given any generational wisdom because clearly this is a very loud and obnoxious generation. But anyways, if you got that previous reference, the grapes not taking baths one, that <coughs> uh, that reference, you probably also went to a Christian school. Which was a wild experience for me and little old Hans Muslim Anderson over here. That wasn't that wasn't good. Uh uh anyways. Also, you're like, mm-hmm, 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 add, all adding up. Ah, see how it is. Well, um, in order to deflect from the raw psychological, you know, content of this radio show, uh, let, 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 let's uh, do some occupational therapy with Wacky Fact, which is our first segment Latin name, Wackiest Facticus. Ooh. Each week, my stoned ass learns you a weird and interesting fact about every subject possible, from animals to history and everything in between. This week's fact. So, in the now grand tradition, because I think this is like the second, third, fourth, I've a billionth time I've done it. The second time recently of like, Guess what? It wasn't all white people like you were thinking. Oops. Like, a historical thing that you're like, Yep, definitely only white guys. That's how I think about it. Um, uh, it's not actually that, because that concept is a more modern one. Or happened on accident sometimes, like this wacky fact. So, you know how we all are like, Pirates. Definitely all white guys. Definitely all said things like R, matey, and sounded like that. Well, it turns out uh, the reason we think that is pretty modern, and it's because of a movie from the 50s. And it's because uh, th- that's not how pirates sounded. Actually, uh, pirates look, they had. Oh, they, they were all different races. They all had different, they all, they all different accents and things that they said. Um, it, it's all a mistake. We've been, we, we got, they, they duped us. Because of the 1950 movie Treasure Island, where the actor Robert Newton portrayed Long John Silver, and uh, the, the actor was like, oh, we're from the same part of England. Well, I'll just do some, you know, couch acting. Like, ooh, I'm like Jared Leto. Ooh, I'm really in it. And uh, it was like his Joker. And he's just like, I'm just gonna be me. Let it all hang out. It's gonna be real raw. And uh, he used that dialect for the character. And an interesting part is that part of England. Well, it's, it's, it's a sea, it's an oceanic part. They're, they're right on the beach, out there in West Country. So maritime slang was just normal slang. They were all just saying ship things like, Oh, boy, could I go for a marine teeny here at Cocktail hour. I don't know what they said. I don't know what British people are like. I don't know what maritime things. Put another shrimp on the Barbie. Is that it? Whatever. Shrimps are from the ocean or a river sometimes. But anyways, a guy who was from an ocean and maybe sometimes a river was uh, Robert Newton. Nudie for short. Well, yeah, he was just doing some... He was just drawing from his personal experience. He was just embodying the character of West Country in his well, clearly well-beloved rendition of Long John Silver uh, because everyone's like, yep, that <laughs> that's pirates now forever. I'm just going to think it's this kind of British guy. Um... And one of the examples of this is the most popular uh, figment of pirate speech 
to emulate, which is we all love to go R, like R, matey. Well, that that that's not from pirates. It's yeah, this must feel like pirate fan, like Armageddon to find out that pirates never ever said R historically, and nobody was saying that ever. But you know where they said that a lot in the West Country when. Newton was growing up in the early 20th century where R was pretty much an expression that acted like a confirmation, like, okay. Um, I mean, uh, the, even though the article is like, hey, caveat, people probably could have been talking like that in the West Country during the golden age of piracy, like, we can hold space for that, welcome aboard figuratively and uh, literally I'm sure it happened um, in the mid 17th to 18th centuries it is unlikely it would have been remotely the norm among the general pirate populace uh, well basically yeah he just played Long John Silver and a lot in the movie and TV shows it's just everyone was just like yep that's pirates now. And on that note, I think my favorite, one of my favorite films, cinema uh, of all time, moments of cinema, triumphs of cinema, uh, a blessing to celluloid is uh, the seminal film Muppet Treasure Island. I love Tim Curry as Long John Silver. It makes a lot of sense. I'm just like, yeah. You're you're great at him. Like that that, that takes a lot. You you not not anyone can just be long like you know, really get you. Like Tim Curry was serving fish like a real long John Silva's restaurant. If you know what I mean. It was present. I was like, dang. There you go. I love you. You're embodying him. Perfect. Wonderful. Uh, and, um, oh, uh, speaking of very draggy seafood restaurants like Long John Silva's, Long John Silva, if you know what I mean. Hoo hoo. Uh, and, uh, he's serving squids. And in a very, in a very vogueian way, uh, is what I'm saying is uh, that me uh, and my partner and my friend discovered that in Half Moon Bay, there is a restaurant called Brenda's Fish Trap. And we were like, wow, it would be really great if they had a, a drag night at Brenda's Fish Trap called Brenda's Fish Trap. And our friend was like, I wish there was a drag name named Brenda's Fish Trap so she could be like, I'm Brenda's Fish Trap, I'm Brenda's Fish Trap, I'm Brenda's Fish Trap. And I'm like, you're goddamn right. And have Moon Bay make this happen. You know, you're, you're, I'm sure it's real freaky down there. It's real freaky over here in Oakland. Like, I, I'm sure, you know, trickle down Reaganomics down at the Half Moon Bay. It, it, it's, uh, really, it's not half in terms of LGBTQ plus representation. It's just, I mean, it's got the moon in it. That's pretty gay. That's pretty, you know, like sapphic. But anyways, um, I, I really believe Muppet Treasure Island, back to the original topic, Muppet Treasure Island is cinema. It is, you know, I genuinely think that they should put it in the Criterion Collection. It's got everything. It's got good songs. It's got entertainment. It makes you think. It's got Muppets. Um, it's, it, it's got pathos. It's got ethos. It's got uh, not a single flaw. It's perfect. It's a perfect film. Like They should show this in film school. So that kids learn how to make movies. And they learn real good. Um, yeah. I think they should put it in the Criterion Collection. And I, this r reminds me of a 
Uh, I'll just say real fast and then I'll move on to the next segment. I, I had a, when I was in high school, I, I had, I, I, I played saxophone in band, but, uh, I didn't really like it. And then my mom would bust me out of school a lot so that I didn't have to go and, uh, yeah, we had a, you know, I, I, it was, it was a lot, I, it was a long story, and I'm like, boy, I'm a lot like Lisa Simpson, I'm real outspoken, and I got an overbite, and I play the saxophone, that's, that's not good, I got a yellow, I'm, I've got an olive skin tone, you know, I'm DJ Tanner, get it, like, disc jockey Tanner, but I'm also, Named Donna, because I'm named after DJ Tanner from Full House. It's a long story, but get it? You know, I got an olive skin tone. DJ Tanner, indeed. Um, but, yeah. Uh, saxophone. I'm embarrassed about it. That's why I'm rambling. And, uh, but I was not a band nerd. I can promise you that. I was, I, I, I was, I was having a good time. I had, I, I had seen hair and extensions and I liked two safety pin like stuffed at little vintage stuffed animals to my clothes I was having fun I was blowing up microwaves I was doing all right I um did a uh, a fake campaign for class president my freshman year and terrorized um the, our school's biology teacher, Mr. Sink, because he's just like this horrible old racist white guy, and I blew up his microwave. Oh, damn, is the Statues of Limitations up? Oh, all right. Well, I ran, like, made a fake campaign for class president, and I was like, I made, like, a bunch of posters with my parents' Xerox machine, and then I, like, wrote, like, for further information and brochures, Speak to my spokesmodel and representative, Mr. Sink, during his lunch hours, and I put his, like, classroom, and I put the time, and I I distributed them everywhere, all over the high school, and then I went into class, and he went, Arky, how come my lunch hour was operate, uh, uh, interrupted by, like, dozens of kids asking for brochures, like, and saying you're my, I'm your spokesmodel, let's go, yeah, that's what I was doing in high school, playing the saxophone, First, some god is a long story. I'm pretty embarrassed about it. But like I said, when I read that that uh, that graphic novel about like the, the you know, I mean, I was into Einstein's ending way about him when I was 13. I was fine, guys. But also when I read that graphic novel about seeing kids, I cried and I was like, shit, I remember. But I wasn't like really seen. I was goth. And pu- I. But I liked the scene in Je ne sais quoi. I liked reading Fruits magazine and doing outfits. And I loved, like, just sewing and gluing, hot gluing together. It looks... I was just, like I was saying, the saxophone, whatever it implies about me, you just take that back. And you... How dare you think that of me? I was not a band nerd at all. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I put the saxophone, and the, I was the only tenor saxophone, and, um, I, I was just like, yeah, I don't like doing this, even though I am a ham, and I love to, uh, be a, a pain in the ass to old white biology teachers in high school, um, I, 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 I have no pride, and I have stage fright, and I just, I do not like the saxophone, and then a kid transferred into our school, I'm not gonna use his full name, because that seems weird, but his name, I'm just like, dang, you, you dodged a bullet, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't, that's fine, I don't wanna, like, make anyone uncomfortable, but he came to school, and he was like, yeah, we're, I play the tenor saxophone, I love it, it is my, my life, my joy, my pride, I will duel you to be first chair, and I'm like, look, even if I was good at the saxophone, I'm not competitive, if someone wants to, you know, 
beat me and be the very best. I'm like, fine, good for you. I laid down my sword. The joust is over. I'm cool. I don't want to do it. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna duel, I'm not down. I just, this is not my way. I like to vibe. I like to relax. I'm just here to party. And so uh, I was just like, yeah, uh, you can be first chair. And he was like, you didn't even put up a fight. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But he, he was like, really like, like, no, we're still gonna be, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, see, we're gonna meet you at high noon and we're gonna have a shootout. The good and the bad and the ugly and style. Like, I gotcha. And I was just like, no. And then one day I was like, I'm gonna try to appeal to this guy. And I'm like, what's the universal truth I can expound on to be like, you, like, hey, like airline food, but like chicken soup for the soul, you know? Like, real deep, like, how do I get this guy to see I'm human? And I was like, you know what I think? And he's like, what? Like, just like, ugh. I was like, I, I think the Muppet Treasure Island is cinema. It is film. It is a good movie. And it should be celebrated. There should be a anus film. It looks, the logo looks like an anus, too. They just gotta put it in a... Apostrophe, very French, very funny, very gay. Ooh, Janus Films, hit me up. I'll help you with your rebrand. No, I mean Janus Films, uh, not Janus, but it, it really is catchy. We love it. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I was like that. That's what Muppet Treasure Island should be. It's, just, it's fabulous. And he was like, "You're right." This is also something I have concluded as a logical truth to the universe. And then I, he like was like, you know what? I respect you. Like, yeah, you're not the weenie who wouldn't, who didn't even put up a fight. And like, ah, you, you're just, you're just. This is what it's gonna be. And then we were friends. The end. And um, yeah, Muppet Treasure Island, fabulous film. Like, they've got a Greek chorus of Rizzo and his little ratties just being like, we're on, uh, you know, even though Muppet Treasure Island's happening, we're like, ah, this is a cruise that left, you know, Miami Beach. Everybody's having a good time. Rizzo's at the, you know, buffet. And they've got, they got all sorts of amusements. Statler and Waldorf are like the the like little wooden carvings at the front of the boats or whatever. It's artistry. It's masterful. My God, they did it. They found each Muppet's strengths and played it against each other perfectly. And like we got Mr. Long John Silver himself being Long John Silver. Tim Curry. He works real well. The little boy actor, me and him have the same haircut. And that sucks to admit. I think Henry Kissinger is referenced in that movie. Oh my god, no! It, I really was... Dang, maybe I was supposed to do the killing blow. But somebody else did it. Someone else, like, wished real hard for Henry Kissinger to be dead. Because, you know, this re this episode was gonna... If, if I had to my original joke... It would have, you know, referenced him twice, and that's the way that you get him, uh, get anyone to die on the shows. You reference him once, but, uh, for Henry Kissinger, it took three times, because he's, you know, he's evil. He's an evil warlord. Um, but yeah, he gets referenced in, um, ooh, the Muppets' most, uh, subversive, politically subversive moment. Oh, boy! That's juicy, because the reason Henry Kissinger's, you know, reference to Muppet Treasure Island is because the Muppets, I mean, little Muppets and a little boy with the same avant-garde Oakland Dyke mullet as me, and I hate wearing the more frilly, blousey things in my wardrobe, because every time I do it, I'm like, I look like that kid from Muppet Treasure Island. I can't do this. I stress myself out about vests a lot. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it, even though it is a look. I gotta think about that. 
I gotta contemplate that as a re-edition because, boy, someone had a- someone liked vests in the era of indie sleaze. But I also liked- I also had a cool punk jacket that I made all the patches for. And I went to high school in Orange County even though I grew up in the Bay Area. And the most Orange County- this is the high school episode. Welcome back, Nodder. Except it's more like, welcome back, uh, Otter. Because I am her student cute just like Otters in both senses of the word. Um, you be the judge of which one I'm thinking of first, though. And this is a Harry Home Companion with me, Donarchy, here on BFF.FM. And, um, yeah. No, wait, it's Welcome Back, Cotter. And, and you know what? For Treasure Treasure for next week, I will tell you the punk jacket story. Let me get back to the Henry Kissinger reference. In Upper Treasure Island, I cannot be this stone to the boned or stoned to the crossbones. Because it's the pirate episode, apparently. And, um, yeah, uh, I, uh, uh, Harry, Harry, um, companion for the pirate episode. Um, but yeah, Henry Kissinger gets reference of Upper Treasure Island because the little boy and Gonzo and Rizzo as they dig through the the die a, a dying pirate's um uh belongings they pull out a copy of Diplomacy by Henry Kissinger out of his pirate chest and right before they find the little pirate treasure map that uh catalyzes the events of Muppet Treasure Island um uh, afterwards and I'm like, wow, they really said it with that. They're like, yep, a really dumb, violent pirate. He'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, Diplomacy by Henry Kissinger. Uh, this is who I should look at. This person is the kind of diplomacy a pirate would like, which is you get to be real violent all the time. And I, is that real or not? I don't know. I guess it's a retraction. Correction for next week. Am I perpetuating further anti-pirate stereotypes? But honestly, we all were because by, you know, you know, like being like this one white guy from West Country, England, this is the pirate. We forgot pirates were multiracial. They came from all over and they, they came from and they were all different races and ethnicities doing crime on the high seas and they were having a, a good time and I'm sure th there's you know something real important about life we can learn about that and apply to other situations and instances but uh, I was looking up um, Muppets uh, Muppet Treasure Island, uh, Henry Kissinger really fast. Just to double check, like, I was like, he wasn't, like, holding up Jimmy Carter's autobiography, you know, Mr. Peanut or whatever it was called. I don't know. Um, like, wh wh where were they? Who, who was the associated with the 70s politician being, uh, referenced? Uh, but I looked it up online really fast, and it turns out the Muppets love to reference Henry Kissinger, um, so apparently, I, I, I was just like, I, this, this is correct, right? I'm not, I'm not, it wasn't like, you know, Nixon, the vixen, the saucy, tell and show all biography of the year, you know, um, I don't, like, deep throat indeed, woo! Watergate, another new end if you think about it. I mean, the salad's got n got nuts in it. What else should I say? But anyways, you would think the Muppet movie was like, we want Henry Kissinger because he's going to be the, the evil, you know, frog-like restaurant guy. He's going to be like, I need to bring in the big guns to bring Kermit down. I got to get Kissinger in. You would think that that's what they were slating him for. No, Henry Kissinger was just going to have a recurring 
just recurring gag is just him showing up like just in several bits like as a sheriff or a busboy and like just being like I want to be in the movie and then each time Kermit's like no you can't be get out of here we don't you're there's no room there's no part for him and then Kissinger finally get why has Henry Kissinger had such a fabulous life like how dare he almost get to work with the Muppets and then the way that he would have like anyways like the movie would have wrapped up with like um Henry Kissinger's head being on Mount Rushmore which is real gruesome when you think about that and the implications of you know uh who like you know indigenous lands and how we're just like let's just put faces of literal stellar colonists uh, here that's good that'll be great and you know what we'll make a muppet version of that and smush henry kissinger's face on it there'll be a little henry kissinger muppet and this fucking terrible man gets to have a joke that's completely bizarre on the muppets that makes you think and wonder and be worried and be like did did they did they like henry kissinger at that time because i think eventually uh with the other um like you know other times that henry kissinger pops up in the muppets maybe it's a little bit more subversive instead of just like haha our friend henry kissinger he's you know just a cute little fella and he look at him get bossed around by kermit and kermit won't let him be in the movie like some sort of Ricky Ricardo to a Lucille Ball and uh Henry and Kissinger look at him he's more hangdog than Ralph like how could you hate him that's that's what the Muppets were gonna do with him dang Jim Henson you did are did we just cancel Jim Henson I don't know well it gets real controversial on the show so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens for nobody i just maybe they were just like it'd be funny to have henry i don't know i don't know i'm i'm scared to find out their stances on things to be quite frank with you because another thing that i could do say that's gonna ruin everything for everybody is like that sesame street uh exists because of the Moynihan report yes that Moynihan report the real racist one it was integral to its development and it's like damn something that's done a lot of good things for a lot of people this has got an icky background I don't know Muppets are you guys just I think they were just kind of quiet liberals oh no Jim Henson he was like even though he was like in control of his Muppets, he was just a puppet of the state, man. Oh no, Jim Henson's a tool. I was hoping like maybe Frank Oz would be more progressive because here's a double, another, this is many, many wacky facts. Kind of hope that Frank Oz would have been, you know, the guy who does like Miss Piggy and stuff, you know, and, and Grover. Um, He's also Yoda. Well, you would kind of hope he had more progressive politics because he's actually from, he's from Oakland. He wasn't born there, but he was raised there. And, you know, I got to say, though, like maybe, because he, he looks, he's a very, he kind of just looks like a little David Cross kind of guy. But he's like, if he's Miss Piggy and Yoda and Grover, He's, you know, maybe he was going to Half Moon Bay. He was Brenda's, you know, a Brenda's fist trap, you know? He was Brenda's fist trap. A Brenda's fist trap. You know, he, he's, he's serving, you know, he's serving shrimp scampi and long john silvers, if you know if I, what I mean. Like, Pepe the Prawn could never miss Piggy forever, you know? Like Pepe is cool, but he's no Miss Piggy. He, but he is. He also, he is also serving shrimp scampi at 
Long John Silver's, although I don't know if that would be as, you know, you know, uh, that's for him, and it would be more psychological and disturbing. It would be more like a Saw type situation. Well, anyways, um, yeah, but a really cool thing about Frank Oz coming from Oakland is that the reason he became a puppet man is that he started um, because he's a Nepo, a Nepo, Nepo baby. Um, his parents were very famous German puppeteers. And they were puppeteers at Children's Fairyland. And they did the puppet show. And they had, you know, the, the son following the footsteps. And he became a puppeteer. And that means that Miss Piggy's from Oakland. She's from here. It explains a lot. But now I'm like, oh man, I'm scared to find out what Frank Oz believes in because I'm like if if like Jim Henson's you know being like he he Henry Kissinger like hide of the Vietnam War let's have him be like a little cutie patootie in the Muppet movie I'm worried but maybe the Muppet Treasure Island is what is redeeming but also like I don't know, there are some pe- I, I once worked at a cafe where all the patrons were just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of old elderly white people who were born and raised in the super rich white segregated parts of Oakland and they had some bad politics and they'd say some crazy things where I'd be like oh boy I can't believe you said that and I keep being like no that's terrible and you're like going like yeah you agree and I'm like no I'm like literally distressed I'm literally saying stop that don't say that and they're like yes my brother in arms my you also agree with me and they had a real bad public so maybe it depends on when you grew up in in Oakland but, you know, people, I mean, like, there's, it's, it's a place, like, it's not, like, super progressive, it's got its problems, but, like, compared to, I think, like, you know, 1950s Oakland in some parts, a lot better, but I don't know, I don't know if you're a rich person living in, like, you know, Piedmont and, like, uh, calling it Oakland, but it's, it's a, it's like a city that exists because it's the, the, it's like a whole other city, but it's in Oakland and it's bonkers and it causes like zoning problems all over. But, um, it's, it, it started off as like all the rich people's vacation homes, um, all the rich San Francisco's vacation homes because they're like, damn, Oakland Hills, it's pretty. The 1906 earthquake happens and we have nowhere to live. Off to our vacation homes in the Oakland Hills. Ha ha ha. And that's how you get that city. And when you're that rich, where you gotta have two houses because you're like, I mean, I would do it if I was really rich. I, It's hard. I moved from San Francisco to Oakland. I know that like, you know, it's like, it is like you, when you leave San Francisco, you never see your friends there again. And when you leave Oakland, you never see your friends. It just does not happen. I don't know why they're right next to each other, but they're totally separate, different worlds. Um, yeah, I would also have multiple houses. Um, I, this sounds fun. I'd love to do that. Uh, but I will never be that rich. Oh, wait, 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 though, but I kind of do have a home in San Francisco and a home in Oakland, because I live in Oakland, but the radio station, BFF.FM, is the home of my uh, little, like, Dap Garrett hovel of a, a home here on, in the, up in the rafters in the Grey Gardens type situation at BFF.FM. 
Where I haunt the premises as a phantom of the opera type figure, you know, in this three penny opera, it's a nightmare. Well, you should give them three pennies or more by donating to BFF.FM, especially to their very special, important uh, yearly fundraiser that helps us do lots of cool things like you know, hire a beekeeper to smoke me out. So then I stopped smoking me out and showed up on this damn radio station high in the sky like a little bumblebee. Because this is a Harry Home Companion with me, Donna Arky, on BFF.FM. If you want to pay the good the beekeep a wager or two, you can donate at BFF.FM slash 2023. And I'll... Get drowsy from the smoke one way or the other. You know, I'm inhaling smoke one way or the other. And then they'll just pick me up and scoop me out and I'll be gone. And, you know, what could be better than that? You know, remove this queen from the hive. You know what I mean? Um, I once took a beekeeping class in college. And the beekeeping professor told me I had a way with bees and that I didn't have to wear the beekeeping protective coverings because he was like, the bees respect you. And then I think what it was, and then I like had this like thing where I was like, no, I'm really good with bees. I'm super good with bees, guys. And then like I tried to catch a bee with my bare hands. I'm like, don't worry, it won't stick me. I got, I <laughs> I got telebinosis, you know. I got a degree in psychology. Like, I have so much insight into the bee brain, the bee psych bee, psyche. I can't keep making bee jokes like that. Uh huh. So the bee ended up singing me, and I was like, oh damn, I do not have power over bees. And I was like, Shakespeare, because at first I was like, to be. And now I'm going, like, not to be, and they scare me now. And one final important bee-related thing I can tell you is that if you say, oh, beehive in a British accent, you sound like Austin Powers. Maybe that could be the motto for, like, you know, sex sells, baby. Let's make beekeeping sexy. And that's how we'll market it to the youngins. Um, The kids love Austin Powers. They love the sexual freedom he represents. And he also is a hairy home companion. And I love you all. Have a good night. Be good. Free Palestine. Learn about the protests going on in Iran. I love you.